This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today I come to you from sunny California, where the days are hot and the evenings cool. Um, Happy 4th of July yesterday, and let's get started. Today I'm talking about agents and editors share pitches they're sick of hearing and ones they'd like to hear more of. So what do agents want? What are publishers sick of? At Balticon 52, I got the opportunity to hear a few of the industry leaders voice their opinions. The panel was entitled Pitches We're Sick Of and Ones We'd Like to Hear More Of, but since that's not quite enough to fill an hour, it turned into a question and answer session. So first up, whose opinions were shared and why should you care? Well, first up was Joshua Bilmes the president of Jabberwocky Literary Agency, which he founded in 1994. His clients include New York Times bestselling authors, Brandon Sanderson, Charlene Harris, Brett, sorry, Peter B. Brett, Jack Campbell, Elizabeth Moon, and Simon R. Green. Neil Clark is best known as the editor and publisher of the Hugo and World Fantasy Award-winning magazine, Clark's World. He is a six-time and current finalist for the Hugo Award for Best Editor Short Form. The panel itself was moderated by Sarah Avery. Sarah's first book, Tales from Rugosa, Hoven, won the 2015 Mithiopiak Fantasy Award. Her short fiction has appeared in Fantasy Scroll, Great Jones Street, and Jim Bayon's Universe, as well as Blackgate, where she was a regular contributor on a fan- on fantasy series and teaching fantasy literature. With David Sklar, she co-edited Trafficking in Magic, Magic Ing in Traffic anthology. So the first question, of course, for the panel was what pitches are they sick of hearing? Well, sorry for those of you out there who wanted to hear something else, but the super paranormal boom is dead. Superhero piles are getting super saturated. Zombies are rotting. Some urban fantasy genres are being overplayed. And Oz retellings. Note, Even if stories are still being published in a genre, that's often because publishing contracts and schedules are arranged years in advance. Even when the genre is dead, it can take two to three years for a publishing agency to get rid of its backlog. So, next, pitches they'd like to see more of. Hope punk, although the term's a little weird, I think What they mean by it is dystopian future in which we actually solve current crises like climate change fiction or evolve into a more accepting species, stuff along that line. Uh, Diversified stories. It's A, what the publishers are looking for, and B, as the book reviewers themselves become more diverse, a wider variety of stories resonate with the reviewers. Vampires seem to be maybe coming back a little. Um, Steampunk can't be counted out for at least the next three to five years, 
but it's definitely on a downswing. Short fiction, sci-fi is selling better than short fantasy. Um, but really, what sells is what you're passionate about. Agents can tell if you're just tr chasing trends and earnestness shows through. That's the spark they're looking for, not necessarily any particular genre. So when is it appropriate to approach an agent or an editor? Well, first off, not when they're in the bathroom. That is their safe place. If they are attending a convention and they're on panels, they typically want to be found. It's okay. Um, now, if they're in a restaurant, think about the circumstances. Are they next to the convention or did they go across town? Are they at the bar chatting away or off at a table in the back with one of their writers? Pay attention to context clues before you invade an agent or publisher's personal space. Next up were questions about rejections. What every querying writer wants to hear about. Um, so as any querying writer can tell you, a personalized rejection is worth its weight in gold. Um, so deciphering those responses can be a little cryptic. And I know we try to put a lot of weight in every word, looking for the tiniest scrap of encouragement. So what does it mean when an agent or a publisher says, quote, it's too similar to something I just bought or sold? Well, it depends, like everything in writing. Um, for some, it's a polite brush off. For others, they only say it when it's true. For anthologies, it's very likely true because they have a certain number of stories they can do and they can't put too many similar ones next to each other. For a magazine publisher, they can stagger the release dates. They can buy a story now and publish it in three years. So it's up to you to evaluate how true it really sounds. Now we pause for a short story and brief interlude of Rejectomancy. Once upon a time, Joshua submitted a story he was excited about from one of his writers to an editor. And this is what he heard back. I had to get a second read because I couldn't believe you sent me something so bad. So yes, even agents get rejected. Next question was on pitching your story. And here, many of these should sound familiar if you've been watching me a while. The do's and don'ts of preparing your pitch. Don't use an adjective to describe your book itself. You can describe characters, but don't say this fascinating story, etc. Don't go over a page on your query letter. Don't be cute or suck up. Your query letter is somewhere between a job interview and a cover letter for a resume, and that level of professionalism should show. Don't write it from the main character's point of view. You can confuse the agent. It's very kitschy and overdone. Don't summarize your story, especially if you're querying a short story. Don't have a query that's longer than the story itself. Do include word count. 
do follow the guidelines and do pick a genre. Decide where you want your book to go on the library shelves and declare that your genre if you're having trouble picking between them. So is it ever appropriate to respond to a rejection letter? If they personalize the rejection, you can send a very brief thank you note, one or two lines, don't get carried away. You should never, ever, ever respond negatively to a rejection letter. You can write all you want, but don't send it. This is one of those, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Listen to what your grandma told you, or at least what my grandma told me. So, next question. Is manuscriptwishlist.com useful? Or the hashtag. Um, some agents use it. Some don't, even within the same agency. Uh, lack of inclusion does not mean that the agent isn't professional and skilled and sells books. Inclusion doesn't mean the opposite. You can't guarantee that they're a great agent just because they're on the manuscript wish list website. You still have to do your research, but it's a good place to get started. Like Wikipedia, look at their sources and go from there. The next question was comp titles. Comp titles or comparison titles are often included in a query letter. Typically, either two authors comparing similar writing styles or markets or mashups where you can specify what aspect of the story you're using. Comps have to be under five years old, preferably under three and in your genre, plus not runaway successes. If they've made a movie of it, it's probably a little too popular to use as a comp. So as I've said before, what sold 50 years ago isn't what appeals to most modern audiences. Pacing, themes, point of view preferences, all of these things have changed throughout time and you've got to pay attention. And that's why you want a comp that's more modern to show that you are aware of what the current market looks like and you're not writing for yourself 40 20, 10 years ago. So what did our panelists have to say about whether or not you should use comp titles? Um, well, they suggested that by using current novels, you're obviously showing that um, the genre that you're writing for isn't dead. And verdict, it is very useful for novels, but only if it's a good match. If you're trying too hard and just kind of stretching, it's obvious and you should just skip it. Joshua noticed here that um, no one can use Game of Thrones as a comp, even if it wasn't too popular, because there hasn't been a new one published in over five years. Womp womp. Comps are not helpful for magazines, but can be helpful in anthologies. Next up, writing contest tips. Never, never, never pay to enter a contest or pay a reader's fee. Except, of course, there's exceptions. Um, tenured track professors often pay entrance fees to be included in college magazines so that they can stay current. Um, also, some contests offer critiques or other services as a matter of course for all entrants. 
uh, like Romance Writers of America, which is a very respectful group. Um, fees should be under $50, preferably under $30. And do remember to verify the validity of the contest before entering it. Um, look at the contest's readers. Who are you writing for? And is that the path you want to go down? Look at the past winner's work. Did they write just for the contest or were they writing as if they wanted to get published? Did they go on to get published? Often items written just for a contest will read differently than things written for publication. Are you looking for prizes or publication? Um, and also pay attention to how much time writing for the contest takes away from your other writing projects. Do you have to campaign for votes? What other obligations does participating in this contest create for you? You've got to weigh your options and your spare time and decide for yourself if it's worth it. So the final question, when is my story ready to query? Well, as long as you feel that each round of edits is significantly improving your story, keep at it. What I've heard is when you don't touch at least one third of your story, it's probably ready. We're not talking about rearranging periods and commas. You can do that until the end of days. Story time. Brandon Sanderson submitted several manuscripts to Joshua and Brandon kept getting rejected despite his wonderful and steadily improving writing because he couldn't plot. Finally, when he submitted Elantris, Joshua looked at it and saw that the plotting could be fixed, and that's when Brandon got the offer. Submitting different stories to the same agent can pay off, but only if you keep working at your craft. Make sure to read these do's, don'ts, and preferences, and best of luck to you as you work towards perfecting your craft. And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button and share it with all your friends. It goes a long way towards helping people find me. And I'll be back again next Monday with more writing tips and writerly musings. Bye-bye.